despite a great game plan by Arkansas, despite their resiliency and, and despite their persistence and despite the disastrous performance by Alabama's PR team, the Crimson Tide gets another win on the hardwood and clinches a share of the SEC title. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson has me, Jimmy Stein as him. Jimmy, you were in attendance yesterday for Alabama's big win at home over the Arkansas Razorbacks that allows them to clinch at least a share of the SEC title in men's basketball. Your thoughts, please. Yeah, it was a real physical, <clears throat> super intense game. I've been to several home games this year. It was the most intense by far, uh, the most physical by far game I've seen in person. I think that Tennessee road game was super physical, but this was – a real physical game, lots of bodies banging around, a lot of inconsistent officiating on both sides, not uh, one side. It just felt that officiating was a little inconsistent. Sometimes elbows to the face were allowed. Other times there were phantom fouls to me, like they call foul for contact that didn't really happen. And you're like, well, I thought this was a football game and now it's badminton. So which, which is this? But uh, other than that, um, Arkansas is a really tough opponent. Look, I know it's tough. For our fans to keep up with what's going on on other teams, it's hard enough to keep up with what's going on on our team, especially this week. But uh, Arkansas added Nick Smith. Nick Smith is an extremely gifted freshman uh, who has not uh, played much uh, due to injury, but he, he's with the team now, uh, and, and he played for Arkansas yesterday. This is not the same Arkansas team that we played in Fayetteville because of the addition of Nick Smith, who is a potential top five pick in the NBA draft top five he could go that high is certain to go you know somewhere in the lottery I mean he, he is a, a really talented kid Arkansas is uh now the team no one wants to face uh in the SEC tournament and even in the NCAA tournament because and since they played so much of the season injured uh and shorthanded they're a better team than their seeding is going to be you know they'll be seated like an eight or a nine or a ten but really they're a four or a five in terms of how good they are, maybe better than that. Uh, so Arkansas is just a really tough matchup. I don't think they're going to lose to with, with the remainder of what we have this season. You're not going to see Arkansas lose, but maybe a couple more times and that's it. Um, they're just very good. So great job by our team of, uh, of winning the second half of meeting their physicality and beating them physically uh, I thought they beat us up in the first half. We beat them up in the second half. And a great game by Javon Quinterly. Uh, you, you know what you're getting from Brandon Miller. You know, Brandon was the best player on the floor, as he always is. But uh, Alabama didn't win that game without Javon Quinterly. Uh, I thought JQ played uh, one of his best games of the year. Or certainly, it was one of his most valuable performances of the year. Great job attacking the basket and knocking down shots in the second half. And, uh, boy, JQ uh, – just like several Alabama players, Nick Pringle, th th these guys are going to be really valuable to the team as we uh, enter the championship portion of the season. Uh, a win Wednesday, and you win the SEC outright and cut down nets. Mute. Mute. Yes, I'm muted. Dang it. We've only <laughs> had to start over once. But and people now love it. The people love it. 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, and, and I think people know that it's not even like, I, again, I feel like in, in Good Morning Vietnam, when Forrest Whitaker kept trying to crank the Jeep and the Jeep was already cranked, and Robin Williams was like, hey, you know, when it's making a noise, I feel like somebody should tell me, Luke, when you're not making a noise, you're on mute. You know? But anyway, um, look, we'll talk about uh, Auburn a little bit later on. Of course, Alabama can win the conference championship outright by beating Auburn Wednesday night, and that's huge because Auburn looked like um, microwave crap against Kentucky Saturday. And um, so I don't know what their mindset's going to be coming into this. And that, and that's important. I think Alabama's the better team. But I think Auburn generally plays Alabama pretty hard. So um, I, I would rather Auburn come in with a bad mindset for this because I'm not sure what the mindset of this Alabama team is. Frankly, they started off really kind of poorly against Arkansas. I guess started off maybe the wrong way to put it. But they never could get a lead. They finally get a lead. And then Arkansas goes on this big run, goes up 11 or 13 points or something. And, um, I, again, I'm with you. I want to give a lot of credit to some guys. We'll talk about Brandon Miller mostly in the second segment because we're going to talk about some other aspects of that. Um, Mark Sears deserves credit. He did not have a good shooting game. He, he did not have a good game, really, except that his free throws towards the end were so clutch. He missed one at the very beginning of his little free throw run, but after that, he was clutch. Mark Sears, I thought, played a very valuable role. He also was like the guy we were looking for when they upped their press and they started making some shots. And how the heck we gave them so many one and one opportunities late is beyond me, but we did. And I mean, if you're going to foul him late, make sure he can't get the shot off. We didn't do that. Um, but we always looked for Mark Sears late, uh, trying to beat the press, and uh, he delivered for us. Dom Welch, this is a guy I keep saying, you know, is going to win a game for us. We won by three, hit another big three. I guess you could put that in the category. I'm, I'm still going to maintain at some point in the in, in these next two games, regular season or the SEC tournament or the NCAA tournament, Dom Welch is going to hit a game winner. Now, that may not be like a game winner at the buzzer or something, but it's going to be a game. It's going to be a clutch shot. I, I just maintain this. Just let me let me have this life's little victory, please. Um, Nick Pringle. Here's the thing that's so impressive about Nick Pringle. Um, he comes in and just plays with as much enthusiasm. He's not like trying to do too much. He's not playing like with a uh, a pouty chip on his shoulder. Like, well, this you know, I'm showing you now why you should have been playing me more. He's not playing like that. He's just playing like a dude who's on a good team. And here's the other thing: How does he already have these videos on Twitter ready to rock and roll? After Alabama wins, and he's pretty doggone creative. He's got a he's got a career in some kind of, at the very least, he can be a Fiverr video guy. For those who know what that is, um, he's got a career in Twitter. He does have a career on Twitter. I, I assume he does. I don't know. If he has careers on Twitter. JQ, like you said, um, hit a huge corner three. And by the way, that three was awesome because there was a really long Arkansas dude flying at him with his arm outstretched about to its apex, and JQ was able to moonshot that thing in. It was huge. It put us back up six. I I believe it was six. Um, Of course, Miller was the story. I'll give Rylan Griffin a little credit, too. He hit – now, he only hit one out of two. Did you realize Rylan Griffin's only taken, like, 16 or 17 free throws all year? Wow. Well, I guess because so many of Rylan Griffin's shots are three-pointers, he takes a – a tremendous percentage of his shots are three-pointers where you don't typically get fouled as much as you are when you attack the basket. So, uh, no, that is surprising. And, and you would also think Rylan Griffin would be a 100% free-throw shooter because he's 
probably the best three-point shooter on the team, even, even including Brandon Miller. I think if they if they both sat out there and had 100 shots, 100 uncontested three-point shots, I think my money might be on Griffin over Miller, but it would be it would be close. Uh, but but Griffin, if he hasn't shot more than 16 or 17 all season, then that's not a guy you want at the line deciding the outcome of the game. So you got to give him some props for at least hitting one out of two. I mean, and it was huge because his one made it a three-point game that they had to shoot a three-pointer at the end. Right. Um, so, yeah, I thought that that was uh, – because Arkansas felt like if that, if that thing had gone to overtime, it sure felt like Arkansas was going to win it. To me. A lot of moment. Well, they had built up more that Arkansas yeah. won the last minute and a half of the game. Alabama just had a good enough lead to where it ended up uh, not mattering. And Nate Oates said as much. Nate said we played very poorly the last minute and a half of the game, and and uh, yeah, almost almost allowed. Hey, they had a they even had a pretty decent look at that three point mm-hmm. shot. I mean, it, it was defended well by Jaden Bradley. By the way, Jaden defended that three the the game tying three point shot. Jaden. Defended it well, so it didn't go in. But uh, ooh, it was tight. Hey, Arkansas is good. Uh, I, I, they, they'll play Kentucky at home next Saturday. I think Arkansas beats Kentucky uh, at home, and then uh, and Arkansas goes in the SEC tournament. It'll be these two teams. I bet every team in this league—Kentucky, A and M—all of them will be like, "Let's avoid Alabama until the end, and 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 hope Alabama and Arkansas have to play each other, and one of them knocks the other out." Yeah, because here's the other thing that right now I think Kentucky might be the three seed. Of course, there's a long way to go, but um, I, I I don't want Kentucky in the four seed. I don't want to play Kentucky before the finals. Not not it's not that I'm scared of them or anything like that, but I mean I want the path of least resistance, you know. So um, anyway, Jimmy, I need to tell everybody about Built Bar, and when before, after I do that, we're going to talk about Brandon Miller, his performance, uh, and uh, just some overall bad ideas uh, that this team seems to have occasionally. But right now I'll tell you about Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays not too terribly long ago, <clears throat> and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier. At least it was. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I need to eat a little healthier now as I apparently have some phlegm, which is wonderful and always good to add into a live read. If you were like me, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got the thing for you. You got to go try Built. With Built, the healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they've got, they're just so delicious. You won't think they're good for you. I, I mean, I really don't. Jimmy and I eat them all the time. We don't think they're good for us. We just knocking them back like they have the antidote in them. And all of a sudden, you know, you realize, okay, hey, I'm not gaining any weight or anything because they're good for you. And they come in all these unbelievable flavors like Chiro or churro, peanut butter, brownie, and uh, coconut almond. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. You can get them at Sam's Club now. You can get them at Walmart. I've gotten some off Amazon before. And, of course, you can go to Built.com to go get them. Uh, They've got 130 calories and about 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. So it's great for, like, after a workout, something like that, to kind of get beefcake. Go to Built.com. Go to your local Walmart. Go to your local Sam's Club or go to Amazon. Go get these Built bars. They're absolutely delicious. Jimmy, um, let me let me just start off this segment by saying, you know, they're bad ideas and they're bad ideas. Um, I have a I had a kind of a family friend. He's an older dude. He's he's dead now, so I guess I can talk about him more. But um, he he is very. We have a lot of stories. I'm not going to say his name because there might be some people that know him. But um, he had a very interesting first name and a very recognizable guy. Um, he somehow like he, he was sort of like Kramer, but a little more nefarious. 
like he, you know how George said Kramer always lands uh, bass backwards into money and he doesn't know how he does it. And he's always got friends and women and everything. This guy was sort of the same way. And he, he's the one that I've said it before on the podcast when uh, somebody hit a, a putt and it went, he it did a complete 360, like went on the lip of the cup and came right back at him. And he said, that putt, he said, that putt, that ball did a complete 190, which is like going in a straight line and then taking a little bit of a lift. <laughs> and I was like, man, do you have a protractor? How'd you know it did a 190? But anyway, he's very famous for sayings like that. Um, th- and this is a true story. I mean, the, I'm going to one day write a book about true stories of Alex City, but this was a, a very famous bad idea. He had a girlfriend that had a drinking problem. She decided to go off for treatment. Very admirable of her. She went off for the four-week uh, staycation. She comes out. He had rented a limousine. In said limousine, he had a bouquet of flowers and two chilled bottles of champagne to recognize her accomplishment. <laughs> this is all very true. <laughs> this is all true. And he told it as if... Analogy. It's a as great if, analogy. As if she's crazy for being mad that he did that. Like, can you believe it? I brought her some. And my point is, that, again, this maybe it's not a direct line here, but having a warm-up where one of our players pats down our star player who has been loosely tied to a murder investigation or at least a manslaughter investigation involving a gun is such a stupid idea. Now, I know that they've been doing this the whole year. I know that. You know that. And we all as Alabama fans, for the, I bet 50% of Alabama fans knew that, and they probably didn't think much of it. So maybe not catching the stupid part, um, okay, understand. But see, we don't work on the PR team in Alabama. I don't know if there is a, an actual PR team. I assume there is. Somebody needed to say, okay, guys, here's the thing. We can't do pat-downs or finger guns or none of that crap anymore. We just don't do it. I know it's harmless. I know you don't mean anything by it. I know there's no shot at anybody by it. And there's no shot at me saying there's no shot at anybody by it. I'm just saying that you can't do stupid stuff like this right now. We're on our P's and Q's like we've never been before. And while it is not criminal what you did, again, in terms of uh, the pat down, it is just so tone deaf. Can we please not do that anymore? Nate Oates did address it. To Nate Oates' credit, he said, look, I didn't, I didn't know they were doing that. And so, yeah, I got to stop that. And they're going to stop it. It won't happen again. So NATO is doing the right thing. But it looks as if we don't have this thing under control yet. And I really wish we did. I'll let you add something about it. I don't want to spend a whole segment on it. I just think it's it's like, guys, come on. We're trying our best here. We're all trying here to get through this. This is a horrible, tragic situation that none of us are happy that any there's any involvement at all or that it happened, period. So let's not do anything to draw any more negative attention towards this, please. Yeah, it's unbelievable that uh, it really is unbelievable that that Alabama could make this worse. <laughs> and they didn't make it worse. And again, you, you summed it up perfectly. I mean, it, it in and of itself, there's nothing terrible. They've been doing it all year, but come on. That's that's 101, right? That's PR 101. That's not – it's not even arguable or defensible. It's like you had to know, but it is so bad 
among being disappointed at Nate Oates, uh, you know, for allowing this to happen. And then it, it, pretty lame excuse, by the way, Nate, again, the, oh, I don't pay attention during pregame intro. I'm drawing up. Nate, you're responsible for everything. I you're agree. responsible for all of it. Don't act like you're not responsible for that. You're responsible for all of it. And, I, you know, I'm disappointed in. And, and, and two, uh, Brandon, Brandon and, and Adam Cottrell. You should know better than this. You should know. Adam Cottrell should know better. And he's a kid. He's a kid. All the players are kids. He's a kid and he should know better. Brandon Miller is a kid. He should know better. Uh, I'm disappointed in them, too, uh, in terms of like it didn't take a 40 year old PR professional, although I guess that guy's on vacation this week. It, it shouldn't have taken him to be the guy that said this isn't a good idea or players should have known it wasn't a good idea and uh, again that all gets back to Nate who's responsible for him and it's it's really uh disappointing now does that have anything to do with being supportive of Nate and wanting him to be our basketball coach for the next 30 years of course not I mean you know but this is all learning experience Nate's new at this too and this is a new experience for not only Nate this would be a new experience for Coach K you know I mean yeah who's, who's done it forever so uh Hopefully, hopefully, uh, I think Nate learned. By the way, Nate learned from last year's team. All the things Nate learned coaching last year's team has helped this team be maybe the best in school history. And I think this experience with Brandon is helping Nate the next time he's the head coach and there's a significant off-court problem. And uh, I, I, I hope that even yesterday he's continuing to learn from this. I'm, I'm, I think you – summed it up well I, we're just going to go back and forth with the compliments here because i think it's very fair to be like all right i'm disappointed in brandon i'm disappointed in control i'm disappointed in the pr team i'm disappointed in nate oats i'm disappointed in all that it doesn't mean i don't want any of them on the team i don't think you kick any of them off the team yeah. I, I just I, again I, I think it's just one of those things where you say okay guys now if you didn't understand before which you should have but now let's be 100% clear. Let's have a class on Monday where we're going to sit around and talk about all the things. We're not going to do anything that, that can bring any kind of negative light on this. And, and by the way, um, I know that I apparently, and again, I don't know what our policy is on this or Nate Oates' policy about, you know, kids and staying out late. Because that's one thing like the older generations have been saying, like, why are they even out at 145? Well, I don't know if you know this, but uh, younger kids in college, they stay out late. And again, I'm not a huge fan of it. I know that in Bear Bryant's day, it never would have happened, but that's BS because I know people who played for Bear Bryant and snuck out. So, you know, it, it, it happens. My point is, though, I think now if I'm Nate Oates, I go, look, guys, I've been maybe I've been kind of lax about the staying out late because everything's been kind of good. But now we've had something pretty tragic happen. N nobody out until, I don't know, past 11 o'clock or whatever it is. That's we sort of have a rolling curfew until this season's over or until you leave school or whatever. Um, may, maybe there's got to be some talk about that. I don't know. And again, for anybody who wants to defend it and say they've been doing it all year, I, I know they have. I know they have. It's still, it, it just, it's just tone deaf. I'm not saying it's, it's completely wrong or criminal or punishable. I'm saying it's tone deaf and stupid. So let's not do it. That's all. That's all. Uh, so, but Brandon Miller, meanwhile, and this is what I want to talk about more on our podcast. On any, this is what I want people to talk about. Here's what's kind of—it's not comical; it's just ironic. Um, Brandon Miller is proving more every day, despite all this that he's going through, and he is going through something. I know that people will love to point and say, "What about the Jamia Harris family?" 
what they're going through is tragic and God awful. And I can't even, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. It's horrible. It doesn't mean Brandon Miller isn't dealing with some mental stuff, mental anguish about this as well. And the way he has responded in terms of his play on the court, the way he's been able to uh, work through that, man, it, it, it's, it's kind of, kind of incredible. I mean, it's tough for a guy to be 20 years old dealing with all this. The world seems to hate you. And um, despite the fact that you're not really all that terribly involved, but because you're kind of involved, people just are hating you and writing articles about how you should be in jail and and on Twitter killing you. Um, Just taking your name and washing it through the mud and and you're able to work through that. I mean, it's, it's impressive for a 20 year old guy to be able to do that. Yeah, I'm sure the NBA is as if they couldn't have higher grades on his play through this is, is giving him an even higher grade than he had before because he's showing such incredible focus and mental toughness and the basketball is all that matters sort of thing that the NBA is going to love. And, hey, look, the NBA is going to do – you do not invest – yeah, first round money without a deep dive into a player's character because these contracts are guaranteed. If you sign Brandon Miller to a four year guaranteed deal worth tens of millions of dollars, and 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 week number two he participates in a in a shooting and and, he, and he's gone, you still owe him the money. Well, not really because that, that would be that would be violating even a guarantee. But bad example. But the point is, <laughs> the point remains. Well done. The point remains: there is a deep dive into their character, uh, and and you know. So if if Brandon high and, and he may go as high as number three, I think. Um, rest assured, whoever drafts him at three took a long, long, deep dive look into his uh, psychology, his maturity. Uh, but he is showing some remarkable mental toughness. And and one more thing, again. I feel like whenever we talk about Brandon Miller and his basketball play, people are always going to point to you. See, that's all you care about is basketball. But, I mean, there are enough people talking about Brandon Miller and the other part of this that I don't feel like we have to. We've talked um, about it enough. Yeah. You know, we've, we, we, we've, we've spoken our piece yeah. <laughs> over how we feel that, you know, that, that Brandon Brandon's conduct, the national media's conduct, a few guys in the national media who have just, you know, Used this, used this, and used this to increase their own in the media place. Uh, it's real shameful. No, I, I I agree with what you're saying there. But I guess what I was going to say was, look, before if the pat down hadn't happened, I, I think eventually this the story could have turned at least the focus on Brandon Miller part. I mean, the you know the the Darius Miles and the Michael Davis involvement with this and the other guy who in the car whose name I don't even know. Um, they, they all, huh? Cedric Johnson. That's right. They they all are going to get you know their comeuppance. I'm sure. But I think Brandon Miller had an opportunity to sort of say, okay, this is all awful, but if I can persevere through this, I think that you know I can have a bit of a, a reputational comeback here but you start out poorly with this pat down thing. That that's where I think somebody failed him and not just Alabama's PR team. Brandon Miller should have a PR team at this point. I mean, he's going to be a very rich man at the next level. He should have somebody sort of advising him on things like this. And I love me some Brandon Miller. I think he's a great kid that's in a 
very sad, tragic situation. Um, but I just think that was bad. Let's go ahead and take a break, Jimmy. When we come back, I want you to talk about uh, the new hire, it looks like Alabama has from Liberty. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit of football now. Uh, Jimmy, Alabama uh, apparently is going to be hiring Robert Bala. Am I saying that correctly? I don't know whether you're saying it correctly, but I believe you are. That's how I'm saying it until I'm told I'm wrong again. How are there four letters, and I could be pronouncing this very incorrectly? <laughs> well, because uh, you might be. I mean, and I'd say I've been – I was told I was told by someone that, that was involved in, in the recruitment that Amari pronounces his last name Nablack, but it's that's not true. It is Amari Nablack, as I was saying correctly from from the start. So whoever told me that, because I was told by like somebody, you know, talk to the kid, you know, in recruiting one of the recruiting writers. It's not Nablack, it's Nablack, and I just say that to say, hey, I'm going with Bala here until we know better. What? Well, Tell me, uh, tell me about this Robert Bala guy. Then, Just tell us, fill us in. Yeah, pretty interesting uh, because he does not have the typical resume of a coach that Alabama has hired in the Nick Saban era. He is uh, wildly inexperienced, frankly, uh, and his experience is all at a much lower level. Uh, my guess here is that he knocked the interview out of the ballpark. That makes uh, perfect sense in terms of why this hire take, take, took place. And that makes him intriguing to me. I'm intrigued by this guy, not because I'm going, oh, Nick, great hire. I don't know. He doesn't have a resume. I'm sure we turned away better resumes for this guy, leading me to believe that the interview must have been incredible because that's the only way to explain it. And 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 Nick Saban is so good at the hiring process. When you ask experts, how did he do it? These experts will tell you, well, first and foremost, he was always able to replace the coaches he lost with good coaches. That's the first explanation. So here he is making a hire. And what do people say? What do Alabama fans say? What is the old man doing? What is he doing? Well, he is more proven in this area than any other area. I don't know why anyone ever doubts him. But that said, uh, this guy was a, a D.C. for four years at an FCS level uh, and then an, an analyst uh, at, at Liberty. Uh, now, he was about to be the defensive coordinator at Liberty. That was going to be his job this fall. So let's not act like his career wasn't going places. He was jumping from analyst to DC at Liberty, which is one of the better group of five programs now in college football. So uh, anyway, Saban uh, snatched him up uh, and, and, and obviously like, and for anyone that's like worried, if you want to, if you're the type that's like worried that this guy's just doesn't have enough experience and he, he doesn't know what he's doing to be the Alabama inside linebackers coach, we need to remember that the defensive coordinator is Kevin Steele, who does not have a position to coach right now. Kevin Steele is going to be a roving defensive coordinator, so you can bet Kevin Steele will be heavily involved inside linebacker position coached, and he will be an outstanding mentor to the new coach, Robert Bala, because this is Kevin Steele's area of specialty uh, and expertise. So rest assured, Alabama's inside linebackers will be coached really well, uh, probably through some combination of Kevin Steele and Robert Bala in, in all likelihood. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We will be back tomorrow. Um, we'll be talking some more basketball, some bracketology, probably talking some football too, maybe get back into your uh, ranking countdown. That's something that a lot of people enjoy. So until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.